starting with where you grew up and what you're interested in, what your experiences in college, wanted to hear your origin story. I was born in Seoul, South Korea, when I was, uh, that was May 1995. Um, and then two months after that, we moved to the U.S. Uh, my dad was studying to get his PhD in accounting at Boston University. My mom uh, was a high school art teacher, and then she came to the U.S. Um, my, my dad studied English in college, so he had kind of a, like a very textbook fundamentals grasp of English. And my mom didn't really know any English, and we came to the U.S. and moved to the Boston area. That was, uh, so we lived in the Boston area for a while, and then we moved out to Western Mass once my dad got his PhD. Uh, he was teaching out at a small college called uh, Western New England College at that point. And then uh, we, I mean, just kind of growing up in Boston during that time, um, over the course of the last 15 years, like I saw so many sports teams win and such a, like a huge part of the city's culture in a way that I don't think people outside of New England quite understand. Like it is, in, in the same way that like Kanye West is like the biggest cultural export from Chicago, sports is like the major cultural export from Boston. And so, you know, I saw every single major sports team win over the course of my child childhood. I saw, you know, Tom Brady, who's probably our generation's the equivalent to Michael Jordan in terms of just like accomplishment in terms of athletes. I saw his entire career. I saw the Red Sox win the World Series for the first time uh, in 86 years, you know, after this like massive curse. And so it was just like a Boston, Boston when I was growing up was just kind of this place where there, all these incredible sports stories were happening at all at once. And so I think that's what really captured my attention and just the, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> Everybody in the city of Boston has like a Boston Red Sox hat because it's, uh, it's like the thing that people small talk about. It's the, it's the cultural currency. It's the thing that um, people care about, even if you don't know anything. It's, you, know, you can always talk about the Patriots or Tom Brady or the Red Sox and you know, find some way to connect with someone who might not have any other connection with. And so for me, like I, was, I, just, uh, I was kind of a, a total nerd. And so I just like consumed as much stuff as possible, you know, listening to sports radio, reading the newspaper every single morning. And I think by the time I got to high school, you know, I realized I wasn't going to become a professional baseball player. And so this was like, I wanted to get involved in the sports in, in any way possible. And so I had always been kind of drawn to writing and my mom had always encouraged me to do a lot of writing. And so uh, by the time I got to high school, I wanted to get involved in the student newspaper uh, and, you know, I was just blogging a lot online in high school, honestly, uh, just kind of on my own. I had a YouTube tech channel in high school where I just like, you know, reviewed iPhone cases and stuff and uh, small tech gadgets. This is where, that's like where I got this microphone, like it's from my YouTube high school days. And so I was just always constantly doing stuff. I got really lucky in that my baseball teammate's dad, my uh, sophomore year of high school, was the sports editor at the Boston Herald. And so I went up to him after practice one day just because, you know, I, there, most, there's not really internships in journalism for high schoolers. And so I just went up to him after practice one day with like my student newspaper clips and a resume that didn't have anything on it because I was, you know, 15 years old and, uh, you know, just asked him for an internship. Uh, and I basically worked there for three summers through the beginning of college. I went to Boston University my freshman year and I basically spent that entire year just like blogging and grinding constantly while doing classes on the side. And uh, once I got to Cornell, like I honestly like as, transferring as a sophomore, it's already hard enough just to like establish yourself um, and find your friend group and stuff. So I just, you know, gravitated towards the student newspaper because that was like a natural place to make friends. Um, and I just like, you know, I, I've always been someone who like uh, likes to stay inside, honestly, and like not do a lot of things. And so like, you know, I would miss home and I would just watch the Red Sox games and I'd blog on that, a blog about them. Um, and, you know, just over the course of college, like, 
would get scoops. You know, I was at the ballpark a lot over the summer. So I just had sourcing and uh, I had people that would, you know, tell me things or just, you know, would always talk to me about the Red Sox with, when I reached down. So uh, I was kind of reporting on the Red Sox while uh, living in my dorm room in Ithaca. And then, um, you know, I just like, I just tried to do as much freelance writing as possible through college because it was, uh, I, I always wanted to be a feature writer, like writing magazine stories. Um, and I knew that that wasn't something that uh, a lot of young writers get the opportunity to do early in their career. And the thing I learned really quickly through just freelancing was that once an editor knows that you know how to do something, they will give you the opportunity to do it. So I just basically took it upon myself to like create those opportunities. And so um, my junior year, I had a long form freelance essay published at SB Nation. My senior year, I had a, um, an essay, uh, a feature article published at The Ringer, which is Bill Simmons's you know, media company website when that website was just starting up. Um, and I was just trying to get my name on the radars of the right people and showing people that I could do this type of writing. And luckily enough, uh, my editor at Bleach Report um, noticed my feature for The Ringer, which was actually a, a feature on a tech YouTuber. It had nothing to do with sports. Um, and it was a guy that I had like kind of connected with uh, through, uh, through my tech YouTube scene stuff in, in high school. And now he's like got 10 million YouTube followers and uh, is a really big deal in the tech scene. But my editor at Bleach Report noticed that story and uh, we connected. And then, you know, I was my last semester of college, I was interviewing for that job. And then literally the last day of exams, my senior year, I graduated semester early. Um, I got a call from BR offering me the job. So it was just like, oh shit, okay. All this paid off. And it was like a one long delayed gratification thing. And so like, you know, I got my first job in New York and then uh, spent two and a half years at BR. And then uh, I've been at ESPN for about a year now. How do you, you know, keep pursuing knowing that sometimes things are not going to be fair? It's really easy to get jaded in this industry. I've come to learn. And I used to have writers telling me this constantly, like, don't get jaded. It makes you worse. Like, and you see it when you like go to the ballpark or whatever and you, and you know who's jaded. For me, the way to stop thinking about how, stop thinking, or just like not care about that is like, just, I go back to my family, honestly. It's just like, at the end of the day, those are the most important people to me and my friends and my family. I'm not seeking validation from these famous athletes. You know, I might've done that like heading into college as like an 18 year old, but like, I don't seek my validation. So like, if an athlete treats me shitty, like I just don't give a shit anymore. Like I try to not give a shit anymore. Like just as a person, like that kind of shit affects you, right? But like, I really try to not let it affect me anymore because like, I really only care about the validation of my friends and family. And so like, I don't know. I've, I've, I've always understood since I was a little kid, um, because my mom and I constantly talked about this, uh, is just like, uh, famous people are different from the, you know, that the images that they portray and that like, I knew that especially going into this industry, that would be true. And, uh, you know, you just meet writers and you hear stories and stuff. And so, you know, I think I, I generally went into it being cautious of just being too trustworthy or whatever of anyone. And so, you know, now that like the, the glitz and the glamour of the sports industry like kind of fades because you see how the meat gets made like I really just like the last year I honestly spent just like investing in my friends and family and like trying to see them more and uh uh getting getting like my validation my happiness from like having deep good relationships and meaningful conversation like most of my friends don't give a shit about sports in the yeah. grand scheme like you know 
is my, my best friend from from college at BU. He was my roommate for my first uh, two years at in in New York, and uh, he's a consultant for IBM. You know, like my best friend from high school uh, is getting is uh, going to go to Stanford and get his PhD in biology. Like, like I. I could, I like don't care about talking about sports with like, I will, I will gladly talk about sports with anybody. Right. But like in my day-to-day life, like I just like could not give less of a crap about talking about like, is LeBron better than Jordan with my friends at home? You know, I just like don't care.